Hello, I'm Jeremy Allaire, and this is The Money Movement, a show where we explore the issues and ideas in this brave new world, digital currency and blockchains. A lot is going on in crypto, in digital currencies and blockchains, just an unbelievable amount of market activity, um, just continued surge in growth in, in dollar digital currencies like USDC. It's growing from 4 billion to nearly 6.3 billion today. Um, DeFi growth has been enormous, um, not just in the value of DeFi tokens, but in the amount of, of capital that's coming into them. And we're really starting to see a lot of different market participants and, and sectors um, really starting to pay attention here. And so this week, I'm super excited to uh, be joined with uh, Stani Kulichev from Ave, And uh, we're gonna have a great conversation on, on DeFi in 2021. And I'm sure we're gonna cover a lot of uh, really cool topics. Great to see you, Stani. You're muted. Hi, Jeremy. Uh, do you hear me? Yeah, now I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's some... There's some uh, connection issues on my side. Hope hope it uh, gets better. But uh, yeah, thanks for ha having me here uh, in, yeah. in the uh, show. Yeah, totally. Um, well, uh, I know we were we were in the midst of a conversation last night um, on, on Clubhouse, so we'll just like just keep the conversation going. Um, but as as I was saying before the show, I think um, I want to start with. I always love to start a little bit with people's personal journey, um, and um, and I know your journey like starts in, well, obviously you, you have the, your whole life behind you, but, but in, in terms of crypto um, being really early in, in decentralized finance, really one of the first creators really in, in DeFi. And um, I, I'd kind of love to hear, you know, first, just what, what was the aha moment that um, helped you, um, you know, get inspired to, to work on DeFi? What was it, you know, the Ethereum white paper? Was it something after that? What, like, where, where did that start? And then maybe a little bit of ETHLens history and, and then obviously we'll, we'll get into Aave in, in a little bit. Okay, so, <laughs> sorry, Jeremy, I found the issue. I actually had the, the, <laughs> the headphones didn't, didn't work. Uh, that oh, well. okay, all right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. So um, I, I I didn't hear every everything, but I, I guess yeah, uh, a little bit of like how how you how you got into you know the, your your earliest inspiration getting in into DeFi. You were really early, obviously, in the Ethereum community, and and just um, want to hear a little bit of that um, kind of what what inspired you um, to start building in in the space. Awesome. Yeah. So so I guess uh, pretty much I've been always a bit involved in. Uh, uh, finance. So um, I, I started to code very early. I, I think I was uh, 13 years old when I when I started to code PHP, and at 15 uh, I got excited about Ruby, Ruby and Rails. Never and coded with Cold Fusion. <laughs> I, I I was actually I I tried to do something. I was too young. I think I was nine years old. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> my brother was more into that. That's great. <laughs> And I think I was building like more of like financial applications when I was 18. And, and practically I run a lot of into kind of like 
regulation, kind of like topics in terms of regulation. And I went to study law and because I really wanted to understand like in, in like how, how you can build financial uh, applications and how to deal with regulation. And at some point, end of my kind of like studies, I, I started to do research on contracts. So how to make more efficient uh, agreements. And, and one of the things I actually stumbled upon was Ethereum and smart contracts. And there was a uh, interesting component there that you basically uh, can create code that doesn't change in, in the sense that you can have it as an immutable code or community governed, uh, governance code. And that for me uh, was, was kind of like a uh, moment when I realized that actually uh, you could create uh, all kinds of financial applications yeah. and, and you know, without the need of trust. And one of the things we started to build as a proof of concept was uh, pretty much lending and borrowing. And this was uh, four and a half years ago. <laughs> right, right, it's, 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 it's super cool. I mean, I think, um... Yeah, I actually had a, had, a, had a background in political science um, uh, and became a technologist uh, and have always been interested, it sounds like, like you in this sort of intersection of sort of what governance is in the world at large and, and then its intersection with, with open, open platforms and, and technology. And yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, back in, um, in, in 2013, when the first kind of wave of, of companies, a lot of wave of companies were starting, like, you know, as a technologist, what was interesting was was not just like there's this digital currency. Like it, it almost seemed like obvious. Like yeah, of course we're gonna have digital currency to work everywhere. But it's this programmable money idea that was so powerful, and you know that that can really radically change the world. And and um, so that's why I got into it too. Um, and like the building blocks just took a while to get in place. Um, so I, I know if you were building Ethland back. Four and a half years ago, right? Things were pretty raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, it, obviously, you, you know, you've you've taken another uh, another uh, attempt at it here with with Ave, which is obviously achieving enormous success now. So you know, obviously, congratulations. But maybe just a little bit of the origin of Ave. Yeah, I, I guess it was like uh, at some point, I mean, we started with Ethland and created kind of like first market uh, for lending and borrowing on chain. And it was pretty much uh, bilateral order matching in the sense that we had we had users that wanted to lend out assets uh, and other ones who wanted to practically borrow those assets against the collateral. And that was time when we didn't have actually that much of market capitalization in various assets that were used as collateral. So we decided not to go to a pooled uh, kind of like uh, collateralization model. And this was the time where actually stable coins weren't existing in, right. in Bitcoin. So, so practically the, the, the borrowings were Ethereum or USD Ethereum, which was kind of like a very tricky. So you can imagine the use case was not just narrow yeah. with the DeFi users back then, but also yeah. like what you could do with your borrowings. Yeah. And I think it was 2018 when, uh, the, the market conditions were a bit different in the sense that there was a bear market that uh, started quite heavily. And in 2018, uh, we, we kept continuing like building in different iterations, but we realized that uh, kind of like uh, Ethland was a bit of a meme in the sense that it's Ethereum lending and we, we created the name, but we understood that we're creating a lot of uh, more serious infrastructure and we wanted to rebrand something that's 
uh, more kind of like general, but has a very big community vibe. So, so we, we always been in, in the sense that we wanted to build kind of like we build tech, but we also want to build a lot of culture because end of the day, the tech and the finance is going to be kind of like be connected with everything that will exist uh, in, in uh, the on-chain ecosystem. And, and then uh, I think it was 2000, uh, well, last year, 2020, January, we, we practically launched the uh, Aave protocol. And since then, uh, pretty much from, from from zero, we have grown into a protocol that holds five billion worth of value, which is an incredibly unbelievable for for me and and the whole team. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> tr- tr- truly incredible. Um, so I, I think for um, for folks that have been in in, in DeFi um, and, and some of the audience on Money Movement definitely are, are active market participants, have a pretty solid understanding, but. I think one of the cool things that's happening right now, like as we speak, is like this is like this is getting on the radar of like so many more people. And so there's a lot of people who are just like really trying to understand like what is this? What are the implications of this? I actually I just did a media interview this morning and it was it was all about this. And it was from like a really mainstream like uh, kind of like payments and banking kind of, uh, you know, place. And and it was it was kind of like, how do you translate this for? For people in TradFi or or traditional finance and or 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 the layperson and um, and so like maybe just like from your perspective, kind of really breaking it down into like basic building blocks. What is DeFi for borrowing and lending, right? And how does that compare to I, I want to like lend to a bank and get paid something, or I, I want to borrow from a bank, um, like just fundamentals like kind of like DeFi 101 for people? Yeah, I guess probably one of the most interesting part is is related to DeFi kind of like properties is the, the fact that uh, the users has the opportunity to choose not to give custody. So as a DeFi user, and, and for me, DeFi is, is also Bitcoin, it's Ethereum, it's, it's whatever it's been built on Ethereum, which has decentralized governance. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and there you can actually choose that actually I, I don't need, I, I can keep my, uh, custody of, of my funds and I can choose what I will participate in in a permissionless fashion or then I can actually choose a custodian if, if I actually want to do that and uh, DeFi kind of like allows this permissionless access to uh, p- pretty much to choose whatever you want to uh, participate in in this ecosystem and by ecosystem we, we we're talking about whatever is is built on Ethereum mm-hmm. that um, you can interact with and compared to, for example, traditional finance, uh, usually you, uh, you, you, you basically, you're a customer with a bank, you're pretty much uh, using their services and, and to change your like service providers from one bank to another. And, and, and that's, that's, that's a big hurdle. And also like being able to keep your accounts in one place, uh, your, your funds in, in one account and participating in something other uh, service providers offerings it's, it's not very like, uh, how to say, there isn't much of communication and interoperability uh, in place. And, and what DeFi actually does, it just takes and, and uh, makes all of this kind of like infrastructure to communicate with each other. So, so practically, uh, not just that you can practically select whatever you want to use, but there's also developers, there's thousands of developers practically working every day um, in, in open source fashion to, to contribute and create new products and services that actually remove inefficiencies. 
Yeah. I, I think those are like the, the main thing. There's of course other things related to what, what makes DeFi awesome, but yeah. I guess from traditional finance perspective, that's the kind of like interesting part. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think a lot of times, um, you know, people, they're, they're looking for analogies to like, how, how is this going to be different or better? A lot of times there's this concept of, you know, sort of the, the internet sort of can make things 10x better, or 100x better, or whatever it is. And I think if when one, one starts to use DeFi, you intuitively, I think people grasp all of those things that you've described, just like how, how radically empowering that is and, and efficient. Um, you know, a, a lot of times people don't even realize, right, that like we have you know, decentralized communications. We have decentralized information sharing. We have decentralized, um, you, you know, messaging. We have decentralized video. Like, and I, it's a, there's semantics, right? Because in, in, in a purist sense, like decentralized would be everyone's running a peer on a peer-to-peer -peer network. But like, we have, you know, essentially permissionless protocols that are at a minimum fully distributed that people can connect to and that's like the internet and so it's like well just think about what the internet's done for how we can share information and data and communicate and connect it's these these open networks permissionless protocols mostly developed under you know open source efforts and open intellectual property and i, I kind of call that like the the inherent dna of the internet um, it's sort of the, the, a lot of the internet was born that way. And it's just taking all those same things that we take for granted and saying, well, that's what's going to happen with money. Um, I think one of the things, and I, I talk a lot about like the future of markets, the future of capital markets, um, you know, effectively like Ave is a capital market. It's a form of capital market uh, around borrow and lend. And, um, you know, one of the other things that the internet seems to do really, really well is, um, establish long tail markets, uh, you know, effectively enabling um, every level of participant in, in the world to participate in a market, whether that is as a, a, a creator, a seller, a musician, uh, you know, all these incredible platform marketplaces, you know, sharing economies like another dimension of that as well, but like basically like these, these long tail markets. And I like to think of, of, of crypto and DeFi as enabling like long tail capital long tail capital markets, and I'm curious what you think about the future. Um, I mean, we, we have that with like DEXs; they're like long tail capital markets. Like anyone can go, you know, create create a market. Um, but uh, when, when you think about things like the core behavior of borrowing and lending, there's obviously potentially so many different ways that that could be sliced and diced and surfaced to people. Who need to borrow or who need to lend? Um, do you envision, um, you know, Ave and the broader space like continuing to really like diversify out the richness of, 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 of how that can work so that it can service not just people who are say, you know, pledging crypto to borrow on margin to trade, but like a more regular everyday kinds of borrow and lending. Yeah. So one of the like really coolest thing that that is happen, happening with the other protocol is that exactly it's it's because it's creates this kind of like a uh, it's running on this like internet of finance so so pretty much like if you have a internet connection you, you're pre pretty much connected into the system uh, in the same kind of like a mindset so anyone can actually get the same yields what what the the protocol provides so it kind of like democratizes many things so 
for example, I'm here in, in London now. I get the same access to the same yield as someone else would get from, uh, let's say, Brazil, uh, you know, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore, and, and so forth. So, so kind of like that's the, the kind of main element that you actually have this like global market and, and, and pretty much uh, when you deposit to Aave, let's say USDC, you get back so-called A token, so AUSDC. That AUSDC algorithmically goes in your balance and that makes it kind of like a uh, USD nominated global savings account in, in DeFi in one way. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's very, very much something that uh, provide, like empowers uh, in, in many places because you don't have in all, all regions access to USD nominated uh, yeah. particularly income and that's, yeah. that has automated treasury management. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. The, the concept just that you told someone like you have like a, 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 a savings account and you can take that savings account and just like give it to someone, not yeah. give them, you can sell it to them, but you could actually give it to them if you wanted to give it to them as well. And it's just, and it continues to be this yield generating savings account. And you yeah. can pass it around just like you pass around an MP3 file and uh, whatever. And, and people are like, what? Like that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't sound possible. <laughs> and what's, what's cool about this, Jeremy, is, is that like, when we look at uh, like traditional US dollar as a kind of like a, a payment instrument. So yeah. US dollar, every time you pay with it, practically whoever receives it, if the value of the USD practically decrease, uh, decreases yeah. Yeah. because of the inflation. And here you have like practically a payments currency yeah. uh, increasing in, in balance wherever you are sending it. And it's practically backed by uh, USD, yeah. USDC. So yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Uh, like of it, we don't have any kind of like a, um, we don't put efforts to make it as a payment currency, but we were, we we're happy to see that this kind of like algorithmic uh, balance increases can work uh, in, in, in even uh, USDC level or anywhere because it's a nice way to, to credit value to the uh, holders. Yeah. yeah. No, it's brilliant. It'll be fascinating to see whether um, these, you know, yield generating dollar tokens uh, like be, be, become, you know, more common for people transacting with them. Uh, just like, I don't want that deflationary or that, that uh, you know, inflationary thing that's going down in value. I only want to accept you know, AUSDC or CUSDC or whatever. Um, but uh, um, uh, it, it's uh, it, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I, I think like um, one, of the, one of the big things I'm interested in, in hearing your thoughts on is, you know, today, right? Pe people are, are, are pledging, you know, collateral to, to, to borrow, right? And, and they're pledging, you know, hard collateral, right? Because it's liquid collateral and it's liquid collateral in, in the crypto markets, whether it's like, you know, like ETH, wrapped Bitcoin, USDC, you know, DAI and so on, right? So these are in some ways like the hardest assets that there are because they're these digital bearer instruments and, you know, you can, you know, that's, that's why people are comfortable with this in, in many ways, right? It's not some fuzzy thing where there's like this legal agreement and you don't really know what's going to happen. But like clearly a lot of this becomes like really interesting when the real world um, becomes tokenized and when these protocols um, can surface value for people against the, the real world. Um, and, and, I, and I wonder how we get there. I mean, we, we, we were talking last night about tokenized equities and like Sam is like, he's doing it, you know? Uh, and there are gonna be a lot of other people that do it too. And I think there are gonna be people in the US and, 
And so that'll, that'll be a view into that. And, you know, I know of just from our own work, like, you know, tokenized um, fund products that are, that are quite significant in scale that will go on chain and people will be able to, you know, the, the people who could never access like ETFs or certain types of funds, like will be able to access those, you know, with just a crypto wallet anywhere in the world. It's really powerful. But what about like other things? I think part of the idea of, of tokenization is that, you know, the value of so many other things in the world can be represented on chain. And then can people can not just exchange it, but that they can actually borrow against it or lend to, to, to those that want it. Um, how do you think that evolves? Yeah, so I guess like what we see now quite a lot is, is practically tokenizations on something that is uh, fungible. For example, like US dollars are pretty uh, good thing um, that has happened uh, recently in terms of like tokenization. And that's what, that's one of the uh, most, one of the most used collaterals even in sure. Aave. And, uh, but there's like a lot of value related to, to uh, things that are less uh, fungible, actually non-fungible properties. There's, there's value in creator yeah. economy. There's everywhere value. And I think like what, um, like we definitely will see this value transform uh, at some point and have this kind of like a cryptographic, um, you know, representation. Yeah. But I guess like, uh, for example, what, um, what, what Circle has done pretty well is that you guys have taken like one particular thing and tokenized it, tokenizing it very well. And when we're looking like, let's say tokenization of real value, real estate and whatnot, we try to kind of like solve uh, the issue too widely. So, so I, I guess like the, the solution would be that we, we try to tokenize something very locally, uh, whether it's, it's timber, whether it's, it's communities or yeah. uh, real estate and try not to kind of achieve it in a global scale yet uh, and, and try to move like step by step in, in that sense. But I think that value is coming. And um, I guess one of the coolest thing I, I've been now following quite a lot is, is practically the uh, labor market on chain. So, so things yeah. like, for example, uh, Gitcoin that you can actually, you, you actually don't need uh, stable coins to, or, or let's say right. fiat currency to get to stable coins and onboard. Right. You could work and get stable coins, for example, and this kind of new onboarding mechanism, I, I think it's very uh, valuable. But I, but I guess, like in terms of like tokenization, that's something that's probably will progress quite a lot now in, in during this year. But what it comes like, like one of the things what's important about DeFi is that we get the liquidity back into traditional finance. So uh, currently we have liquidity kind of like a crunch that we need more liquidity into DeFi. But at some point we need to get that liquidity back into where basically people are doing also business. That's where we, in our, we have this credit delegation uh, mechanism where, where you, you know, you can whitelist some of the uh, borrowers, for example, might be institutions or, or whatnot, uh, might be from traditional finance and the depositors could delegate their credit lines. So when they deposit to Aave, they, they earn, but they might not exercise the credit line. So they delegate to them and, and they are practically financing their businesses and businesses in, in traditional finance and consumers. So end of the day, like we might end up in a situation that where someone buys a house or a car, that yeah. it comes from DeFi. Yeah, that's exactly where I, I'm excited about, you know, is, <laughs> is, is sort of delegating out those market functions into DeFi protocols themselves, creating those kind of meta structures to make that possible. Um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, at, at, you know, I, I think, yeah, with USDC, like 
there is this kind of assurance layer, there's a governance layer, people understand like, you know, circle is bound by like law and we're, you know, there's regulators making sure like we don't, you know, run off with, with, with reserves or, or, or that we don't, we main, maintain the, the full reserves. And, and so that, that certainly provides trust. Um, but yeah, something like a house or a car, or, you know, I like to think about, you know, if there become more seamless ways to like tokenize everyday objects, like in a community, um, tokenize, you know, the snowblower, I lived before there's a lot of snow, um, but like, Someone is a snowblower, and it can be a community object. Um, yeah. And you know, you public have good, basically. Yeah, public good, and, and you can transact on it. And I'm not sure if you've looked at Arizora. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really it's a really powerful concept, and it sort of fuses um, you know real world objects with tokenization as non fungible tokens that. Um, ownership can pass between people and then they're, they're sort of re redeemable. And, and what Alzora is doing is they're creating the assurance market so that market participants know, like sort of like with eBay in the early days, like, how do I know, like, I'm going to get my beanie babies. How do I know you're not a fraudster? Right. So the assurance layer is really, really key moving assurance models, risk and reputation models on chain as well can be very, very significant um, uh, to this kind of thing. And our story is pretty pretty fascinating because I, I mean, it's like, I kind of see it, you know, as something like you have that today, like Etsy. So, so creators can actually do different kinds of uh, uh, ob physical object yeah. and pretty much tokenize so you, you have value and you can tokenize before the object even uh, practically exists in, 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 right. in theory. Yeah, they're, they're doing that on Arzora. Like there's people are saying like, I, I, I'm, here's the design for something I want to make. Yeah. It's a little bit of a, what was the um, crowdfunding site that people would make things for? It still exists. I forget what it's called. Um, it was Kickstarter, quite, right? Kickstarter, Kickstarter, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, there's a little bit of, of that, which is like, you know, I'm, I have, I'm, I'm going to make these like this limited edition, like really cool designer jeans. I'm going to figure out how to make them. And I'm going to make 20 of them, and you can buy, you know, their NFTs, and you can you can basically pay for them, um, and and you'll you'll get them, and, and 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 it's creating a scarcity, you know, desirable object that yep. then is tradable on chain as well. You know what's the cool part? Like this allows actually more people to create things and less things. So you don't need to create, let's say, hundreds of thousands of t-shirts that are looking the same. You can create just less, and you know. People want that, you know. It, it creates more brands and, and right. more kind of like creators as well. Like it's it's really really yeah. uh, empowering. Yeah, yeah. And this is a little bit of what I was getting to earlier, which is like the internet's really great at long tail markets. And if we can actually move the marketplace and the role of the marketplace on chain, um, and and we can and we can bring you know, forms of identity and reputation and and th that assurance layer that, you know, used to require like big intermediaries like eBay or, or you know, or Amazon or Alibaba, and you can have that be on chain. Um, in, and, and you have like labor markets tokenized so that, you know, you have this tokenization of work and all that can happen through these efficient protocols. It's like this new substrate for organizing labor output 
um, economic coordination and actually making things for people that are useful yeah. <laughs> and, and creating value, right? Um, and cool part about that is, you know, kind of like what I will see probably, we already see it, that there's developers working in multiple protocols and, you know, and co collaborating quite a lot. So you kind of actually like with open source and with this like ownership economy, you actually can choose who you work with and what you work upon. And I, I think that's, that's something that if it starts to scale, uh, yeah. it, it might be quite, quite interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about too, was, um, you know, your community governed, um, you have a governance token. Um, so, you know, again, just for, for the, for the, um, people who are new to this, right. Ave protocol, it's not a company. Uh, it's, it's actually just this, this machine that exists on the internet it, that's immutable. It's just this machine that, that provides this function as a public good to, to the world. It has some intrinsic economics and it, it also coordinates work and coordinates decisions yep. through, through the governance token. Um, you know, how, does, how is that working? like today in, in, in practice, just in terms of um, coordinating work, uh, coordinating decisions, improving, things like that. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting because like, it, it's something that we haven't been used to because like Ave has been known like that we have very high rate of innovation and we can practically uh, develop and ship very secure code and with a lot of innovation. And now kind of like the, with the governance and everything, it's, it's completely different because, you know, if you want to uh, build something or, or someone proposes in, in the community, it has to go to this layer of, of governance where everyone can actually uh, look at the idea, brainstorm, uh, get involved. And I, I think at, at first it, it was a bit of like, a, it felt a bit burdensome, but as people started to get more involved, Actually, I understood uh, in that particular moment that you know the the uh, probably the decentralized governance is one of the best kind of like a mechanisms of, of the on-chain uh, ecosystem and, and what smart contracts are providing. And yeah. practically anyone actually could go and make a proposal to the DAO that hey, I want to build something cool or I have a cool idea, and probably it will cost like this amount of funds. Can I get a grant? And, and some of the ideas are absolutely amazing. Like we do a lot of engineering, like economical, uh, you know, technical implementations, but the amount of uh, people there are in the community uh, with, with different ideas, it's just, uh, it's, it, 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 it's amazing actually. And I think like, we're not in, we're now in the state uh, where we actually are kind of like trying to organize a bit more uh, the work so, so that the governance is more inclusive that anyone can come and just start to ask uh, grants, whatever they want to build. So it's, it's a process that takes a lot of time because like in Aave, the building the community took us roughly like over uh, 40 years or so. So all of the, all of the kind of like a success in, in community wise and, and, and branding, it's, it's actually something that's compounded over years. And, yeah. and the same thing will be with the governance. I, I think the Aave governance will look good uh, in five to 10 years from now. And then it will be kind of like very interesting to see like how it will function. And one, one interesting thing I want to add to here is that we recently launched the version two of the governance, which allows not only uh, delegating uh, voting power, but delegating actual proposition power. 
And we see like proposition power um, in a way that uh, w whenever you want to make a proposal on chain, you have to put it on chain. And if there is positive outcome of the vote, that uh, code will be executed on chain. So practically proposition power is a way of other token holders to actually choose the code makers, the lawmakers, uh, or what, whatever is the terminology. And then delegated voting power is how you could actually choose the protocol uh, politicians, unless you want to keep those powers to yourself. And this kind of like creates actually interesting element because the, the code makers are competing of, of creating good proposals. And when we look at, let's say, uh, how governments work, you know, you have a government that makes the proposals and you either vote yes or no, but now you have an element of competing kind of like proposals that are going on chain. And, and, and that's like a very fascinating part. And because the strategies, like you can have strategies in, in the governance, it means that uh, we can create a new market where not just Aave token has voting power, but let's say if there's assets such as Uniswap, liquidity shares as a collateral, same from uh, Sushi and Balancer, you can, you can basically give voting power to Uni, you can give voting power to Bal, uh, Sushi tokens and make more inclusive governance. And I, I think that's the next step in, in, in DeFi that, uh, everyone, everything becomes a bit more a mesh. Everyone works together in multiple things and also kind of like govern commonly all of the like main protocols. Yeah. It is, I think the greatest laboratory in the world for, <laughs> um, for the future of coordination and, and economic coordination and, and, and work coordination. It's just so, so exciting from that perspective. Um, yeah, the, the, just building on that and tying back to some of the other things we talked about, um, you know, I'm really excited about experimentation in, you know, these new types of, of, of I call them corporate forms, but basically like we had joint stock corporations and um, now we have DAOs uh, is, a, is a really genuine new form of kind of corporate organization, um, but, but effectively, we're, we're for the first time we, we have a, a substrate that's global that allows for the creation of, of organizations that can, where anyone in the world can participate economically, anyone can participate in various forms of stakeholding um, and, uh, and, and where you have the ability to structure really innovative forms of decision-making. And when you think about what a corporation is, right, it's, it's uh, it's a token that has certain privileges. It's a treasury uh, that the, the that token basically governs what happens with that treasury, and then it's this nexus of contracts. Maybe you know between you know there are entities and individuals that are are, are interacting with that entity, and there's such th this enormous edifice of of you know legal political economic infrastructure to, to kind of support that. Um, and now we're radically simplifying it and in many ways. And, you know, I, I think one of the, one of the things I'm just, I'm most excited about is to see what kinds of new, new corporate forms are, are created. Um, and um, I think one of the biggest questions for our industry is, you know, how will governments treat these things, <laughs> you know, um, you know, when that's sort of in a very free market way, right? I, I, I've created this thing. There's you know potentially thousands of people involved in it, uh, and it's it's creating things, it's creating value. Um, anyone's interacting with it, 
you know, like, what, what is that? Can you tax that thing? Like, uh, do, are, are the individuals subject to their local tax laws? Like, what the, he what the heck is it? So um, yeah. do you think, given your background, you were studying law um, and contracts um, before this, do you think this is like going to require fundamental rethinking of corporate law, basically? Um, is it going to become, you know, like internet law is like a different kind of law. Like what, 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 what do you see happening there? I, I think about this a lot, you know, looking at projects like Claro's open law, um, you know, things that are trying to figure out how to intermediate some of that. But, but like at the end of the day, right. We live in these places that have armies and, and like, and, and have taxes and like, we, you know, we, we have to worry about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's physical war, you know, and uh, I, I guess I, I've been thinking this quite a lot. So, so um, I, I mean, I spent all my time thinking of everything related yeah. to um, stuff, but uh, there's like, I, I think there's two paths, like one path, we just try to figure out like, like how contractually what, what's happening here, which we could kind of like see that uh, when, when people come together and they choose to use software to, to manage their uh, relations, it's kind of like something that might be contractual, like contractual law, contractual yeah. agreement of like j joint effort. And um, you know, that's what, what uh, many of the uh, uh, corporate forms are, but they also have this statutory provisions that in some cases give them uh, practically uh, limited liability, which yeah. is uh, one of the key components. and, and yeah. And if it's only based on contractual relationship, uh, you can limit this liability against your counterparties right. uh, in, in this uh, kind of like a group. But then there's the third party creditor uh, liability that you, you might not have the, the same uh, effect as, as stat statutory law that gives limited yeah. liability. And I, I think that will be one way to just like draw simple conclusions. But I don't think like that that will make that much sense compared to actually like trying to rethink what we have now. So yeah. trying to trying to kind of like under, thinking that actually what we have here goes beyond like like beyond what we are totally uh, just like culture. Totally. I mean, just talking about like like leveraging the multiple governance tokens to like create yeah. this this nexus of these these units of, of work organization that are are connected to each other in these really ways. Like, what's that? Like, you can't do that very easily. Yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't. I mean, imagine this, like I like in, in Avadao, like we, we have like, we have quite a lot of like basically participants and like globally, like it, it allows you to organize and, and decide on things transparently. And, and, you know, the result will execute, you know, it's just like, why not, why, why we can't have this kind of like governance everywhere, you know, as a basis, like as a totally. human right, like there's- Totally, just, totally. Yeah, well, I, I I'm I'm hopeful that like you know, I mean you're 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 running a grand experiment and it's just awesome and and like it, this is in the spirit of open source it's just like iterate learn improve, um, new proposals new designs, <laughs> um, and it just moves at such a powerful fast pace. I'm I'm really excited about you know projects that are working on making creation of these types of of, of organizations, you know, much, much easier for, 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 for people. Um, like I, I can imagine like, 
like the Google apps of DAOs. And like, that's just like, you know, I, I wanna like get going with this. I know Aragon was sort of in that spirit um, as well. And, um, but it, it, you know, it feels like we're still early there. And, and most, you know, most people aren't like, how do I start one of these? But there's a lot more people who want to start these. <laughs> a lot, a lot. And yeah. what's interesting that Aragon was, I mean, they were very early in, in like DAOs was one of the first use cases of, yeah. of on in like what you can build on Ethereum and yeah. the governance. And kind of like uh, the development, there's been a lot of interesting stuff. There is the Molok DAO. I mean, Aragon has definitely done some interesting work. Uh, you know, Compound has been pretty nice governance. We innovated on governance as well a bit. And and, and I, I guess like there will be more models, but still like, I, I think this is something that uh, requires quite a lot of uh, more innovation. There, there's still like, because like one model doesn't fit for everyone. And I, I think as we, we might be able to experiment more various type of governances, that makes it very uh, interesting because th then I, I see kind of like the, on-chain ecosystem where where we can you know it's it's a big sandbox so you can do a lot of things there's also things that you you can play around when you have a lot of value in, in big protocols but when you are actually uh creating something that you are trying to test and 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 and, and you know see how how it works and and DAOs is exactly where where you should do and DAOs can be you know it, it doesn't have to govern finance only it can govern the, the NFT ecosystem, gaming, and so forth, and, and gaming is actually a place where we should kind of like a, use it as a more of a sandbox and test yeah. like how how the social interactions go there and and what you could actually use in finance even. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Very cool. Um, well, awesome. This is a great, just a great discussion. I'm super <laughs> super pleased we could do this today. Um, love love the work that you're doing. And uh, yeah, excited to just keep collaborating and, and building. Yeah, it was very fun. Thanks for having me here, Jeremy. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, see you next time. Thank you. Cheers. Yep. Cheers, bye-bye. Really enjoyable discussion there with Stani and just continuing to explore this new substrate that is forming this new global economic system in front of us at an incredible pace. Very exciting. We'll look forward to our next episode. Until then, stay well, stay safe, and stay informed.